One of the most popular ways that the New Testament speaks about the Christian life is as a walk. This shouldn't be surprising since Jesus calls his disciples to follow him. This summer at Holy Cross, we're looking at how we are called to follow Jesus. What are the distinctive practices of the Christian life? Why do we do those things? And how does the perfect and finished work of Jesus change how we approach living? Join us as we take a sustained look in the scriptures at The Walk. Right? What we've been doing this summer is we've been looking at what it looks like to do the faith, what it looks like to walk after Jesus, and we've called it the walk for that reason. Uh, now that you've committed your life to Christ, now what? Okay? And over the last few weeks, we've looked at things like reading your Bible. You know, we want to be a people of God's Word, that He speaks to us, and we want to hear and, and, and listen to Him. We, Christians turn from their sins. We repent. We, we practice generosity. We talked about that last week. I know that was a popular one. We, we, we practice generosity. This week, we turn to something that is so foreign to us, we hardly know what to do with it. Fasting. Fasting. I mean, think about it. The only time any of us in this room probably fast is right before we go do blood work. You know what I mean? Like, and even then we're grumpy about it. Like, what, what, is, what does that have to do with Jesus? Uh, and yet, Jesus seems to assume it. The problem with fasting is that fasting requires us to experience something we hate. Our hunger. So if you have your place in Matthew, in chapter 6 uh, of Matthew, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, as is our habit here. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading chapter 6, uh, verses 16 to 18. Short passage, uh, but important. This is God's word. This is Jesus speaking. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces and their fasting, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is God's word given so that we might flourish. Would you pray with me? Lord, over this time we ask your blessing. All of us in this room are bringing a different story into this place. Uh, Some are bored to tears. They are wondering why they're here. Others um, are just counting the minutes till they can get out of here. Uh, Others of us are eager and expectant. I pray that you would meet us where we are. That's what you do, Jesus. You come and you live where we are. So I pray you would do that. You would open our eyes and our hearts as we sang a minute ago. And that you would speak to us. Preach your gospel to us, Lord. Let Christ and his cross come to the front. Let the one who speaks fall to the wayside. Jesus, you alone hold the words of eternal life. And your servants listen. And so speak to us, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Have a seat. Can you give me a little bit more? My voice is a little. Okay. So, um, listen, as the one who does the grocery shopping in my family, I can, I can lend my credence to that kind of uh, adage that shopping, grocery shopping on an empty stomach is a dangerous thing. Right? And it's not dangerous for the reason you may think. It's not dangerous because you're hungry. It's dangerous because you're hungry and you can't do anything about it. Right? You're not going to like bust open a box of tuna mac in the, in, the, in the store and start cooking it up. You can't do that. So you're hungry and there's lots around you, but none of it can fill you at that moment. That's why it's dangerous. Because you just start going like this, yes, this, okay, and this. And we just start filling our, our carts with that. We will, we will search and grab whatever we think will ease our discomfort at the moment. And, and as I say that, if you think this only applies to food, you're crazy. Right? You're crazy. I mean, let me ask you a question. When you, some of you in this room will connect to this, others won't. But when you check your Facebook page or your Twitter feed 17 times an hour, what do you think is happening? 
in, that, in those you know, 15 seconds between you checking it, right? What are you looking for? When you head back to the pantry for the, or, the, or open the fridge for the upteenth time that evening, what do you think magically appeared in there on those shelves? Like, whoa, I didn't see this before. Like, what do you think is there? Like, when you, when you sit down for the night to watch TV and you cannot find anything to watch, and you're just like, some of y'all remember what it was like to actually have to get up off the couch and turn that, and it didn't matter what was on. It was like, I'm not getting up again. And you sat back down. Now it's like, and not, we, we can't... What are you looking for? What are you looking for? We are a people who are absolutely insane with hunger. Some of that is because of who we are, how we're made, like what, 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 where we're at as a people, as, a, as humans now. And some of that is our society playing off of what is already there. But the point, the situation remains. And that is why the notion of fasting is crazy to us. Why would anyone, why would anyone actually not just experience something, but initiate an experience in which you you are feeling something you are always desperate to remove? Why would you actually initiate that? Yet Christianity, Christianity doesn't shy away from that feeling, the feeling of hunger, but instead it seeks to use it to help us draw near to what it points to. Uh, As always, there there are outlines in your bulletin to help you follow along if that's helpful. We're actually going to only look at two points this morning. We're going to look at the what's, and then we're going to look at the why's. What, what is fasting? And then secondly, why on earth would you do it? Okay? What is fasting, and why on earth would you do it? Before we get to the what's, let me speak briefly on what's going on here in this passage. So, this book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, is written by a dude named Matthew, who's an early follower of Jesus. Uh, Matthew was a guy who was living large, had lots of money, because he was a tax collector, which... I don't have time to go into it. In the day was a bad thing. Like, you didn't want to do that, even worse than today. Like, today, like, we don't look kindly on the IRS. Then it was, like, extortion. And some of you think that is, too. But it was actual extortion, okay? So, um, so he, he was living large, lots of money, lots of power. But then he encountered Jesus, came to know Jesus. He left it all behind and went to follow him. And so that, that is the guy who wrote it. But right in the middle, we are right in the middle of a passage in Matthew's gospel that's called the Sermon on the Mount, traditionally. And that means that Jesus went up to a mountain and he started talking. That goes from chapter 5 through chapter 7, um, in which Jesus is, is giving some of the most challenging aspects of his teaching the entire, the enti- of his entire ministry. It, it's, it's outlining for us, the Sermon on the Mount outlines for us what it should look like to be a follower of Jesus. And, and it's so insanely challenging that many people don't even believe Jesus had any intention of actually having his people follow it, which is crazy. Like, what, is he wasting his breath? Like, what? I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff. I don't expect you to be able to do it. I'm just going to, but you should, but you can't. You know, like, no, this is, he actually does expect that, okay? And in the midst of all this teaching, right before this, he talks about prayer. It's where he actually outlines the prayer that we prayed a few minutes ago that we call the Lord's Prayer. He talks about prayer, and then he begins to talk about fasting. Look down at verse 16. Jesus says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Now, let's talk about what fasting is, shall we? There are two things I want to say about this. First is actually defining it because because it's so foreign to us. I don't, most of us probably like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, fasting is voluntarily, uh, well, no, it's, it, it's voluntary self-denial, typically of food. Okay. Voluntary self-denial 
typically of food. In Jesus' context, it was always oriented around food, and normally for at least a day, right? Now, when I say voluntary, we have to understand it's voluntary. So it's not like, it's not just experiencing a lack of food. Experiencing a lack of food we call starving. Voluntarily lacking food is fasting. And, and this is something that actually is, is very apropos right now, right? Because we're in the middle of the, uh, you've probably seen the news, read, read stuff. Like this is, we're in the middle of, of Ramadan, which is the Islamic kind of uh, holy month where they do this throughout the day. Now they don't do it the way they did in Jesus day because the way they do it is they, they eat a huge meal right before the sun comes up and then they eat another really big meal right as the sun goes down. So you're just really, it's like, during the hours of the sun, you can't eat. Uh, whereas during Jesus' day, it was literally like, d- d- you, don't, you don't eat. It's not like time sensitive. You just don't eat. Okay. So, um, in Jesus' day, and, and in fact in the Old Testament, fasts were common. And, and what you would often do is you would fast to humble yourself before God. Um, Either because of repentance, like you, 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 uh, your eyes were open to a sin and you're turning away from that, or because of some national crisis, like there's some crisis going on, uh, like the, the enemies at the gates type thing, and, and the nation as a whole is fasting to humble themselves before God. Um, and, and it is almost always associated with prayer, okay? And we know that Jesus, before he started his three-year ministry, he went out into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. I know that's crazy to think of. He fasted for 40 days while hanging out in the desert. Uh, So Jesus actually did this. And then after Jesus was resurrected and he ascended into heaven, we know that the early church, his early followers did this in Acts 13. Uh, verse 2 in Acts 14, uh, verse 23, they, they fasted and prayed before the Lord before they made big decisions. Okay, so this is a practice. Um, we'll get to why you do this in a minute, but the point here is just to say that fasting is a time of voluntarily abstaining from food. The second thing that I want to point out about this is that Jesus assumes the practice. Did you notice that? He, he says, he doesn't say if you fast. He says when you do it. When you fast. It, now, it's important to note the New Testament never gives a program for fasting, right? It's never like, here's, here's, here are the rules for fasting. Here's the way you're going to do this. Here's the way you're going to do this. It doesn't do that, okay? Um, like I said, it, it's often called for during times of crisis or periods of repentance during the Old Testament. But, but the much later practice that you see among Christians of, like, um, fasting on a particular day of the week, you know, like there's an entire tradition, you, you don't eat meat on Fridays. Um, and, then, and then even the Christian practice of, of fasting, doing some kind of fast during the, the 40 days that precede Easter that we call Lent, none of that's actually in the Bible. Um, and so none of it's actually commanded. Uh, it, it's just something that Christians do. Now, let's be honest as we're talking about fasting. This sounds crazy. I mean... We don't voluntarily deny ourselves anything, do we? I mean, we may have things taken from us. We may not have access to things, but to say, no, I am voluntarily not going to do that is so bizarre to us. But Jesus seems to assume not only that we will, but perhaps even that we should. Now, given that, what is it that we should be doing? What, what do you do as you fast? Well, Jesus doesn't exactly tell us here, but he does tell us what not to do. Look down again, verses 16 and 17. He says, don't fast like the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. And the later he says, when you fast instead, anoint your head, wash your face, so your fasting may not be seen by others. Okay, let me set the scene for you real quick. 
During Jesus' day, scholars will tell you that religious people, okay, religious people fasted a lot. And, and so, like religious people of any day, like religious people of our own day, they liked it when their religious deeds were noticed by others. In fact, that was part of the reason they did them, so their, their deeds could be noticed by others. And Jesus calls these folks hypocrites, okay? Now, all of us in this room have an idea of what a hypocrite is. Some of us probably think this room is full of them. And you may be right. But the, the point is, is that what we need to understand is what Jesus meant, right? Now, this word, originally, it means like a play actor. A hypocrite is someone who puts up a front. He's someone who puts a front up, a mask on, in, in the, kind of the, the Greek way. Because that, that's how you'd act. You'd put up a mask. There was a mask, and you'd hide behind it and, and pretend. And that is exactly what's happening here. They are playing at one thing while being another. Here's what's happening. These hypocrites are fasting, supposedly to humble themselves. They're fasting to humble themselves, but they're drawing attention to themselves by acting like they're fasting. He's making them so pallid and thin. I can't take it. I haven't eaten since 9 o'clock this morning. You know, it's like they're feeling like they're dying because they haven't eaten. And they're drawing attention to themselves so that others might think highly of them. So they're using an act that's meant to be talking about them humbling themselves... To, in fact, make much of themselves. They're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. This is why Jesus calls them hypocritical. But Jesus instead says that your fasting needs to be out of the spotlight. Now, when he says to anoint your head and wash your face, what he doesn't mean is like tomorrow, if you decide to do this, go to the store first, get some olive oil, and just start pouring on your head. Like this is not like a, okay, first step, anoint your head. Second step, wash your face. Then fast. Like, that's not what he's saying. Uh, Anointing your head and washing your face during Jesus' day was normal hygiene. Okay? Again, the picture that's being painted is the hypocrites are like getting some dirt, dirting up their face and disheveling their hair, and they're like, I've been fasting for four hours. It's so awful. Can you believe how spiritual I am? Like, that's what they're doing. And Jesus said, No, no, you don't. Quit it. Wash your face like you normally would. Put some oil on your head. You know, in in our circumstance, it'd be like, Put some deodorant on. Please. You're in a desert. Like, mm. and, and, and just go about your day the way you normally would. Okay? Jesus says, when you fast, keep it between you and God. Now, saying that, again, does not mean that if you decide to go, like, look, I'm going to practice this. Rick talked about it. Jesus seems to say it's a good thing. I'm going I'm to go try this. And then somebody finds out. They're like, ah! Somebody found out I was fasting. Pointless now. Where's my burger? You know, like, uh, it's, that is not what's going on. What Jesus is not saying is that somehow, if someone finds out, it invalidates it. Jesus is striking against our tendency to use God and His ways to get what we really want. Because what we don't want is God. What we want is people to notice us. So if I can use God to get people to notice me, I'm good. Right? His message here is the same that He gives with, with prayer. Like, If you stand up to pray and you're doing it out loud and you're using verbose words so that everyone will think, look how spiritual this dude is, you're not praying to God, you're praying to them. And if your giving is done so that other people will see how how generous you are and look how great a giver you are, guess what? You're not giving to the Lord, you're giving to yourself and your own pride. This is what Jesus is talking about here. It's the same here. Uh, doing these things to, sh- to make a show or to feel good about yourself strikes against the entire point. 
So fasting is voluntary self-denial that is not done to get a reaction from other people. It's done before the Lord. Okay? So what's the, what is the point, right? I mean, why would anyone want to feel hunger? <laughs> why would anyone want to feel hunger? And that is, I, I think, honestly, kind of the point for us, especially as Americans. Because we live in a society that sees the feeling of emptiness as something to be avoided at all costs. I'm feeling empty. I will do anything I can to keep from doing that. The question is, can we? Can we actually keep from feeling empty? Or maybe even better, should we? And listen, when I say hunger, know that I'm not strictly talking about the growling of our stomachs, nor am I making light of the fact that there are many people in our city, perhaps some of you, in fact, who struggle daily with actually getting food. What I mean instead is that constant hunger that we face that makes us run from one thing to the next, restless, yearning to fill something, and never quite getting there. The reality is, though, the Bible is really honest about this. Honest about this fact, that that's, that's who we are as people. In fact, it, 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 it is honest about the fact that we are starving, but not for what we think we're starving for. Because, you see, the Bible tells a story that you and I were made for God. We were made for Him. We were made to be in relationship with Him, to be dependent on Him. We were made in His image, but, but in time, that was not good enough for us. We didn't want to be His image. We wanted to be His equal. And we wanted this because we came to believe a lie. That lie was that God didn't, wasn't for us. He didn't love us. He was trying, actually, to use us. And that, and that He couldn't be trusted. You can't... If you can't trust someone, it's hard to depend on them, right? And so in light of that, we didn't want to be dependent on him anymore. We wanted independence from him, and so we turned away from him and betrayed him, okay? We turned away from being dependent on God to being independent from him, and that is what the Bible calls sin. But the problem is, is that we weren't made to be separate from him. You and I weren't made for independence. So when we did this, a couple of things happened. First and foremost, we became guilty. And and that may be hard for some of us. Look, you know that this happens. When you betray a person, guilt happens. You can't betray a person without that happening. And God is a person. Christians believe God is a person, um, not a force. Uh, God is a person. And you cannot betray a person without guilt. So we became guilty, not just of that betrayal, but frankly, of every betrayal since. (laughs) Because we seek independence by the minute. But not just that, we also became turned in on ourselves. We became stuck in our independence from God such that now, by nature, we are independent from Him. In other words, you and I don't have to be convinced of the lie now. We just automatically believe it. We automatically believe it. We actually have to be convinced of something else. That's now the state of every person on the planet. Every person on the planet. Not just some people, not just those not here, like everybody. The thing is, is that We weren't made for this, and we know it. We know it. And that is why the Bible says we are so hungry. That's why not just do we we experience hunger, that's why we experience this thing we call the law of diminishing returns. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Where you do an activity and you get something from it, it's like, ooh, that felt good. And the next time you do it, it's like, I mean, it it was all right, but it wasn't great. And the next time you're like, didn't do it at all. Going to have to get bigger. Right? The law of diminishing returns, it never seems to work like it's supposed to. We were made for God, but we don't want Him anymore. We don't want to be dependent. 
And so we look to other things to fill us, other things to make us whole again. We are like people starving, and all we have to eat are clouds. They look big, but no substance. And we will go from one thing to the next to fill that hunger. We are hungry because we have been separated from the one that we were made to be filled with. And so because we are hungry, we try to fill our emptiness. Let me ask you something. When I say fill our emptiness, that should raise questions for you. And so I'm going to ask you, what do you fill your emptiness with? What is it that when you feel empty, you run to? Now, for some of us, that's easy, right? Because it's food. Now, when I say food, I don't mean that like we binge all the time. But what I mean is when the wheels fall off, when, when you feel that ache inside of you that you don't like, you run. You run to the pantry. You run to the, the fridge and, and you get out of it. But you know, for some of us, that's not, that's not what we do. We don't do food. We, we do sex instead. When we feel that emptiness, we, we run to go hook up or, um, or we run to porn. Or, or if you're married, you run to pressuring your spouse into a sexual encounter that has no relationship connected to it. I just, I need for others of us, though, it's not sex or food. It's, it's just feeling accepted, which is why we are constantly looking to see who liked our last Facebook post or constantly looking to see who retweeted our last message or, or we, are, we, we feel the need to kind of post revealing pictures of ourselves, those little bathroom selfies so that we can see how many people will think we look good. And then still others of us, it's just escape, right? And so when our lives start to come unglued, when we have to sit in quiet for long enough, we run to the next greatest TV series, which thankfully now on Netflix, you can get like all of them like, and a, at a time. So you don't have to wait till next week. You can just keep watching. You can become immersed in somebody else's universe for a while and escape your own. Or maybe not TV, maybe it's for you. It's like video games, right? Maybe not. Maybe instead it's some kind of substance just to take the edge off, right? Whether that's a legal one or an illegal one. Look, Rick, I'm stressed, man. I I get stressed. I just need to take the edge off. Yeah, I know. But then those are ones that seem to be more obvious. Then there's the the trifecta of of power, success, and money, right? And those are good ones because we can clean those up really nice. We can clean those up to make, make us believe that what we're actually doing is we're providing for our family. I'm providing, I'm I'm glorifying God in my work. Really? Glorifying God in your work. Maybe. Or maybe you're just trying to fill yourself. Make yourself feel important. Some of us even do it with the religion, which is exactly what these hypocrites that Jesus is talking about are doing. What they wanted was attention, and they used religion to get it. They used it to fill themselves. So I ask you again, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Because you know the problem, right? The problem is that it won't fill you. It can't. And you know this because you've tried. And I know this because I've tried. You, you go from thing to thing to thing and it doesn't work. It can't fill you. You can't ever get enough money. You can't ever get enough uh, food. You can't ever get enough sex. You can't ever get enough porn, enough, enough video game time. You can't get enough likes. You can't look sexy enough. You can't have enough people pay attention to you or enough people tell you you're special. It's never enough. And every time you get one, it's like, that's not as good as the last one. But I know that if I just get another one, I'll feel full. And it never works. 
They can't work because they never get to why you and I feel empty in the first place. Our problem is not that we don't have enough of this stuff. The problem is that we are alienated from the God we were made for. You can't use chocolate to fill a hole that was only meant to be filled by an infinite person. You can't use sex to to fill what was meant to be filled with an infinite person. It can't work. And you know this. Because those experiences never give you what you think they will. That is why you are constantly on the lookout for the next one. And I know you are because I know I am. We were made for an unbroken relationship with God, but we broke that and we are stuck there. And that is what our Old Testament reading was all about that Dan read. That is God coming to us and calling to you and me saying, Stop giving yourself to what cannot satisfy you. Come to me. Because I can satisfy you. But friends, for that to happen, we have to be reconciled to God. And that is what, why Christians believe Jesus came. In Jesus, God came to reconcile us to himself. Because you see, Christianity isn't about what you need to do to get to God. I know that many of us think that. We've, we've kind of somehow been convinced of that by both culture and by churches that have, have gone astray and start preaching that. Christianity is not about what you do to get to God. Christianity is ultimately about what God has done to get to you. Christianity does not give you a religion to do. It gives you a relationship to enjoy. It does not give you a morality. It gives you a Messiah. We are guilty before God because of our betrayal. Because of looking for other things to fill us. And when I say that, I don't care whether what you are looking for is illicit or whether it is very licit. Like, whether it looks very clean or looks very dirty. The point is, we are using something else to fill us that's not the Lord, and the Bible calls that sin, and guilt comes on us for that. That is independence from God. And when I say guilt, look, I'm not talking like, put your elbows on the table while you're eating kind of guilt. I'm not talking about like, even talking back to your mama type guilt. And look, that gets, that's bad. Like, my house, that is a, you do not talk back to mama. That is a big deal with me. I'm talking, like, those, are, those, are, those are misdemeanors. I'm talking like, like uh, cheating on your spouse type guilt. You can't make up for that. You think flowers are going to make up for that? You think you just act good enough the next few weeks that somehow will make it better? No. That's what the Bible means when it's talking about our guilt before God. But here's the thing. You can't make up for it, but God didn't ask you to. If you're doing religion to try and make up with God, can, can I just tell you, like, you're, you're on the, you walk in the wrong path. Like, he never asked you to make it up to him. He, in Jesus, came to make it up for you. In Jesus, he came to bear the judgment that you and I deserve, and then he rose from the dead so that we could be made new and released from our bondage to independence. You see, when we trust in Jesus... Our sin is taken away and we are literally adopted into God's family. We were enemies. The Bible says that we, are, we were enemies by nature with God. In bondage to our independence. Deserving nothing but His judgment. But by trusting in Jesus and in Him alone, we can become children of God. In other words, you can literally be filled with what you were, what you were made to be filled with in the first place. God Himself. But now we we need to come back to fasting, don't we? Because what does our hunger have to do with fasting? Only this. Look, when you trust in Jesus, when you come to trust in Jesus 
uh, for the, the first time or for the one millionth time, and, and those of you who are Christians in this room know this, it isn't as if everything gets better for you in your life. It's not like he's a genie. I know we want to treat Jesus like a genie. Kind of, he doesn't have a Bible, or he doesn't have a bottle, but he doesn't have a Bible. So maybe if I rub this, and poof, you know, he'll come up, poof, what do you need? You know, like Jesus is not a genie. That's not what he does, and that's not who he is. And so I know that we use him like that. We, we think to ourselves, okay, if I do the Christian thing, my life will get better. Or, or if... Uh, or, or if, uh, like, if, I just, if I just follow Jesus, he'll, he'll give me what I really am looking for. <sighs> maybe, maybe it'll get better, but, I mean, dude, if you're, if you're using Jesus to try and get something else. Like, if I go to church, then maybe Jesus will fill my bank account, right? If I go to church, Jesus will give me a job. If I go to church, he'll give me the power that I want or, or the, the relationships I want. Then, can I tell you, you're no different than the hypocrites, that Jesus is talking about, using God to get what he really wants. God is what you and I truly hunger for. Not those things. But, if you're anything like me, you don't like that very much. Right? We don't like that. Because we want to have control. And if I can hunger for, uh, for chocolate, then when I'm hungry, I know where to get it. If I feel empty and I know this will fill it, then when I feel empty, I can go get it. I don't have to be dependent on another. I don't have to be needy. I can be in control. It is scary to admit that you're needy. It is scary to admit that you have to depend on another, especially if that other is God, because you and I still believe the lie that we can't trust him. And that is why we still, as Christians, run to other things to fill us. And that is why fasting is a good idea. Okay? Listen close. We run to things to fill us when we are pointedly reminded of our neediness. But the problem is that because we run to those things, we often don't have the chance to take that emptiness to the, God, the, only, God, the only one who can fill it, the God we were made for. We run to other things so quickly, we never actually take it to Him. And so in Jesus' time, in an agrarian society, food was about the only luxury they had. Uh, but during our day, obviously, we have tons. And what fasting does, what that... What that act does is it takes away the background noise for us so that we can actually hear what's going on in our hearts. We can actually address the emptiness that is there. Here's what I mean. If you are running to Facebook to fill you, there is a reason. Maybe, maybe it's because you are afraid that you aren't lovable. Or maybe it's because you're getting your value from how many followers or friends you have. But see, Facebook's never going to make you feel valuable. You can't get your value from a number of likes. Like, it will never be enough. But because we run to those things, we often don't have the chance, like I said, to take that emptiness to the God that we were made for. You can't see what's actually going on because you're too busy checking your Facebook page 14 times a day, which is the average, by the way, which doesn't include push notifications that many of us get to our phones. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, look, who liked me now? Like, we don't have time. And so what fasting does is it takes that away so you can hear what's going on in your heart. So here's what I would challenge you to this week. I want you to think through this question. 
what do I most want to do when my life falls off the rails? What do I most want to do when I feel insecure? What do I most want to do when I get too stressed? And my encouragement to you would be, that should be the thing, if you're going to practice fasting, that you fast from. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's not. Now, some of you are thinking right now, like, Rick, you are crazy. How am I supposed to deal with life? I know, right? That's the, that's the point. Because you're using something else to deal with life when we should be engaging with Jesus. Listen, so that we all know that we're all on the same page. I feel that feeling at least weekly. I could be having the best week of my life, but on Wednesdays, I feel that feeling. You know why? Because Wednesdays are the day when I put pen to paper and I write this. And I am terrified that when I write this, I'm going to say this and I'm not going to have anything to say to you. Or I'm going to say this and y'all are going to think, I could have come up with that. That's nothing. Like, you will think less of me, I, uh, that, that I have to work to keep you in these seats. Like, this is what I struggle with, the emptiness that comes along me. And so when that comes into my head, what do I want to do? I want to instead run to an endless string of, of websites that include news, sports, blog updates, and then repeat. Or, or then find some kind, of, um, some kind of entertainment to kind of take me out of that. And if it's really bad, if it's really, really bad, that is when my heart is like, you have got to find some porn to look at. All the cards on the table. You and I are the same. And so this morning, God in Jesus is still asking us, friends, why we spend our money, our labor on what cannot satisfy us. We were made for him. We hunger for him. And until the day when Jesus returns to make all things new, we will continue to struggle with our hunger. Now listen, when I say that so, what, what, are, what are the things you run to when the, when the wheels are falling off, I need to be very clear. Some of those things just need to be cut out completely anyway. That's not about fasting. That's about repentance. If you are in this room and you are running to illicit substances and you are running to pornography or you are running to using other people sexually, that just needs to be repented of. That's not a fast. That's just repentance. Okay? That's not okay. You and I can talk about that. As a matter of fact, I'd love to talk to you about that. Some of those things, though, they're, they're, they, they look real pretty. They're not sinful in and of themselves, but we make them such when we use them as a substitute for God. We take what is good, we make it ultimate, and then it becomes sinful. And until the day when Jesus returns to make all things new, we will struggle with our hunger, but he has promised to fill us when we come to him. And so, friends, we fast to remind ourselves that we are dependent. We fast to feel our hunger, and we fast then to take it to the only one who promises to freely, out of his grace, fill us. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we come, into this, uh, come out of this time, we ask that you would speak into our hearts, that you would preach that gospel, you would open our eyes to see clearly what it is that we run to. Some of us run to things that, are, that seem very cool, like we run to exercise, we run to, to uh, just being around people, we, we run to things that seem enjoyable, and they are enjoyable, they're good things, but we've made them ultimate. You are the only one that was made to be ultimate in our lives. You made us for that. So I pray that you would bring us to repentance and bring us back to the cross where the ground is level no matter what we have struggled with. We can find grace 
and find food for our souls. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.